This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call an 888 Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Plastics Make It Possible, Lines Galore, and Stanley Tools. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. What are you working on? We want to help you turn that Money Pit from house to home to castle. Give us a call right now. Help yourself first by dialing us at 888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. Coming up this hour on the Money Pit, we've all seen it. A gorgeous wall-mounted, high-definition flat-screen TV surrounded by ugly exposed cables and wires. (laughs) Is your TV guilty as charged? Well, we've got tips on how you can get rid of the distraction by hiding those wires once and for all. And do your clothes, furniture, or electronics include flame-retardant chemicals? Odds are they do, even if you don't know it. But efforts to keep you safe from fire could be hazardous to your health. We're going to tell you what you need to know about the dangers of flame retardants coming up this hour. And is that ever so slightly crooked shelf or artwork driving you up a wall? Well, don't let that happen again. We're going to tell you exactly what you need to know to make sure all your measurements are level and spot on. And this hour, we're giving away the Delta Showerhead with Temp2O technology. This is a very smart handheld showerhead that makes a perfect holiday gift, and it features a water-powered LED digital temperature display. You can enjoy the convenience of knowing when the temperature is right for you and the peace of mind that the water temperature is safe for your family. And the Delta Showerhead with Temp2O technology is available exclusively at the Home Depot, but we're giving one away to a caller drawn at random, so let's get to it. The number is one eight 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 money pit 888-666-3974. Lorian Nevada is on the line with the Money Pit. It's got a question about a cement sink. What can we do for you? Um, yeah, hi there. Yeah, we, you know, I'm helping my parents out with their very old home. Unfortunately, we're really low on funds, et cetera, et cetera. We have a sink in our old home. It's in the basement, and the sink is part of, like, the washer-dryer setup there. And it's an old cement sink that has a crack in it. I was hoping that we could do something to repair it just until they're ready to, to move on because we're trying to do the downsizing and stuff. Okay, is the, is the crack really severe where it's, like, in two pieces, or is it just, like, one crack that where water gets through? Well, you know, it's like kind of like a little forked crack that's in part of the sink on the base of it. So, so um, what I would recommend is use an epoxy on this. There's a product called PC-7. It's sort of like a putty, and it comes in a container that has the A part and the B part, and you mix it together. And so it ends up being, when it's mixed together, kind of like Play-Doh, and you can press it into place and get it, you know, troweled out and pressed into this crack and leave it alone for about 24 hours and it will never, ever leak again. So good luck with that project and thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Clyde in Missouri is on the line with a roofing question. What can we do for you today? I got a composition roof on my house. I have a garage. It's 14 foot, 6 
inches to the perpendicular with a metal roof, and I want to attach the two. What would be my most simple way to do it? So these two roofs will in, these two roofs will intersect, Clyde. Yeah, they're the same height, floor and roof ridge. Everything's the same. But you have metal on one, and then you want to put composition on the other. So what would have to happen is the metal roof would be flashed up underneath the composition roof. The metal would actually be both the roof for the garage and the flashing for the composition. So where they come together, the composition would overlap on top of the metal, but the metal would actually go under the composition to create the watertight seal. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, that'll help out a lot. I can go from there. Appreciate it. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair, your home improvement question, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, you paid big bucks for that top-notch flat-screen TV and high-definition picture, of course. But don't let those unsightly cables and wires ruin the look. We'll have advice on how to hide those wires after this. You live in a body pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by the Chamberlain MyQ Garage. If you forget to close your garage door, it alerts your smartphone so you can control it from anywhere. Works with most garage door openers. Discover smarter possibilities at Chamberlain.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. The number to call here is 888-MONEY-PIT. Hey, have you ever stepped into the shower only to recoil from the shock of the water temperature? Well, Delta has figured out a way to make sure that will never happen again with the introduction of the new Delta Showerhead with Temp 2.0 technology. Yeah, this is such a cool idea. The showerhead actually has a built-in LED that's going to tell you what the temperature is before you get in. And better yet, the LED is water-powered, so no batteries to deal with. The Delta Showerhead with Temp 2.0 technology is available exclusively at the Home Depot, but we're giving one away to a caller drawn at random. So give us a call right now at 888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. We might draw your name from the Money Pit hard hat and give you that beautiful Delta Showerhead with Temp 2.0 technology. John in Oakhurst, New Jersey, maybe Tom's neighbor, has a question about a water heater. How can we help you today? Yeah, um, we just literally um, had a uh, water, new water heater installed today. We started to have some leaking coming out of the top, where I guess where the input and the output lines go in. Um, so we had a new one put in. We knew that was failing, but the installer suggested and recommended to us that we uh, flush it once a year. And uh, although that sounds like it makes sense to me, uh, I know there's a lot of people don't do that. I just want to get your guys' opinion on whether that's really important to do that annually. or And, and if you don't, what's the downside of that? Well, the reason that you flush a water heater is because you get sediment in the bottom of it. And the sediment acts as an insulator. It doesn't really cause any harm to the water heater. And I think in, the, in a situation where you have city water, it's not as important as when you have well water. Uh, it's sort of an old wives' tale. It's kind of something that people always started doing and not really ever stopped doing or understand why they do it. There's nothing really wrong with flushing it. The only downside is that you may find that the valve that you open up at the bottom of the water heater once a year, one of these years, it's not going to want to shut again and you end up with an expensive repair. So I don't think it's critical 
but I don't think it will hurt you unless the valve gets kind of gummed up at some point and starts to leak. That's a good uh, good suggestion, Tom. I appreciate that. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, a wall-mounted flat-screen TV gives great views of touching moments and touchdowns, but sometimes includes a sight that's not so appealing. Lots of dangling cords and wires. Yeah, you know, cables dangling from flat-screen TVs aren't just unsightly. They can also be unsafe, especially when they run across floors and doors. So think about it. Running them through a hollow wall is generally the solution of choice. But if that's not in the cards, for if you're a renter, for example, or for TVs that are mounted on brick, there are other options. Options. Yeah, and this is where cord management systems are going to come in. They're covers that are designed specifically for that job, and you can paint them to blend in with your wall color. Now, a variation on cord management systems are door thresholds. They're also designed to protect cables and keep them out of eye shot when they need to extend across doorways. And whatever your solution, remember to avoid running the power cord and audiovisual wires too closely together. Why? Well, power cord electricity can cause picture interference. And I'm sure that would ruin that beautiful high-definition picture. We don't want that to happen, so keep that in mind. Now we've got Ames from Colorado on the line who's got a question about repairing stucco. How can we help you? We have a home that's eight or nine years old. Um, It has a stucco exterior, and it has cracks, horizontal cracks. Is it a masonry stucco house, or is it a uh, synthetic stucco house? You know, I don't know. So is it like a concrete kind of a finish to it? Does it feel like concrete, or does it feel soft? Like, could you put your finger and push it, and it would be spongy? Um, it's, it's hard. It's hard. Okay. And so you've got cracks in horizontal stucco, eight-year-old house. You're going to want to get those cracks sealed because what happens with stucco if the water gets behind it especially in a cold environment it will tend to do two things number one it will freeze and as it does it will push and loosen the stucco Uh, and number two there's probably a metal mesh that was applied to the home first that holds that stucco in place and the moisture will rust that away so the best thing to do is to use an exterior caulk You can get one that matches the color of the stucco, uh, or you could use a clear silicone-like caulk and seal those cracks to try to minimize the chance for moisture to get through. And that's going to be pretty much normal maintenance with uh, with a stucco surface. Does it appear like any chunks are coming off, or is it just the crack that is forming? Yeah, it's just the crack. Yeah, so stay on top of it, Ames, and you'll really minimize it, and it, it'll last for a long time. All right, and then it also has uh, rust stains, uh, you know, probably from that metal lath. Yeah, and so after you get all of the uh, cracks sealed, if you're getting when you next time you repaint the house, I want you to prime it first. That will seal in the rust stains and prevent them from coming through quite so quickly. Okay. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Well, we've been talking so much about this Delta hand shower with Temp Two O technology this hour. And I want to take this opportunity to explain how unique this technology really is. Now, with the Temp 2.0, you're going to get an LED readout of the exact temperature of the water on the handheld shower. And there's also going to be three color indicators, which will signal to you the temperature range. So you're just easily getting a visual check. And this is really important for kids who don't really understand how a thermometer works, but will know what it's like with between a red and a green and a yellow indicator. And this technology is included in many of the hand showers and shower heads in the Delta line. The products are available exclusively at the Home Depot. Agreed. And another very cool feature is that the technology is powered by water. 
So no batteries. They're never needed. And the Delta fixtures have the water sense designation, which means the EPA has signed off on the fact that the fixture is water efficient and it makes it the perfect holiday gift for friends and family. We're giving one away this hour. So give us a call right now for the answer to your home improvement question and your chance to win at one eight 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 money pit now we've got Shay from Tennessee on the line with a washing machine issue. Tell us what's going on. Uh, there's a smell coming out of my washing machine drain. Um, it, it was like that when I bought the house. Can you describe the drain? Does the drain uh, go into a pipe or does it go into a sink? What's the drain look like? It, it goes into a pipe. And does the smell kind of a sewer smell? Um, yes. So it's it may very well be that that drain does not have a trap in it. Now, if you've ever looked under a sink and you see the U-shaped drain pipe, that's known as a trap because what it does is it gets filled with water and then it stops sewage gas from backing up that drain and getting into the house. But sometimes when I've seen washers installed, it's kind of almost an afterthought. It doesn't seem to get the same kind of care and attention that a sink drain would. And if that happened to you, they may have put that in without a trap. The solution is pretty easy, though. You can add a trap by extending that drain pipe and then adding that U-shaped trap to it. If you have the U-shaped trapped in there, you will not get a sewer gas smell because that gas can't back up through the pipe. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. So it's a minor plumbing repair, but it should solve it. Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Next up, our caller has a great name. We've got Leslie on the line who's got a question about cutting down a door. Welcome, Leslie. We have one door that I need to cut down. It goes into the basement. Okay. It's also a six-panel uh, solid-core oak door. Right. When we went to cut it off, there seems to be staples or some kind of small metal pieces inside the... There's about eight inches that go across the bottom. We were cutting that off, um, or a portion of it, six inches of it. And it's totally ruined a saw blade. Do you have any suggestions of how to cut off a solid core Door. Yeah, having the staples inside of that is not unusual. It depends on how they, what they might have been using in the manufacturing process. I'll be willing to bet that you used a non carbide saw blade because had you used a carbide saw blade, it would have probably cut through the metal and all. Oh, okay, so just use a carbide. Use a carbide blade and safety glasses, and not a great carbide blade because it will ruin the blade. But generally, it'll cut right through something like that. All right. Thank you so much for your help. You're welcome, Leslie. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. Rich in Illinois is on the line and working on a concrete project. How can we help you today? Well, I tell you what, we've uh, had a new house built for us, and because it was in a flood zone, we decided to have the house built on nine-foot board concrete walls. Now, originally, what we thought was going to happen is there were going to be concrete slab walls, and we were going to wrap a nice uh, uh, facade river rock around the whole bottom. Okay. Uh, this is out in the country. Uh, in a forest setting on a lake, and it's got nice cedar siding. And when they poured the concrete, they poured it in forms uh, rather than being a slab that looked like bricks. Okay. And we ended up looking at it and thinking, you know, we kind of like the look of this, these forms left. Instead of spending a lot of money to wrap it in river rock, we uh, were thinking about leaving it. And then somebody came by and said there's a technique that you can use to paint this brick-like concrete so it actually looks a lot like brick. And I'd never heard of that, and they 
said they had seen it, but they didn't know how it was done. I was wondering if you guys knew anything about that. So, Rich, this is a poured concrete wall that has a brick pattern, but, of course, it looks like gray concrete, so we're not fooling anybody into thinking it's real brick, correct? Right. So there is a way to add color. I would suggest acid staining, right, Leslie? Mm-hmm. And there's several manufacturers that do make an acid staining product, um, and, and it's it really is a chemical reaction done onto the surface of the concrete that causes the concrete to truly change its color. It's not something that's applied to it. There's an etching process and then the coloration process. Um, Quickrete makes some. If you look up online, you'll find a ton of different manufacturers that do also make them. And if you get a little creative, you can mix and match and give it the depth and texture of, you know, an aged brick. I would recommend working on an area, you know, behind a bush or somewhere on the backside of the house until you get comfortable with your technique and the coloration so you know you know what you're going to get. Right. Okay, fantastic. Thank you. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Now, Libby from Missouri is on the line and has some issues with a hardwood floor. Tell us what's going on at your money pit. I really think my hardwood floors need to be redone. They're very faded Okay. where there's traffic and a lot of gaps. And uh, that house is about 60 years old. It's very noisy, lots of, you know, just wear and scratches. And I'm trying to decide whether I should just, you know, not try to, you know, redo them and or... Or maybe there's something that I can do to them to make them look better without totally refinishing them. I don't know. Do you have any suggestions? Well, sure, Libby. Let me ask you about the condition of the floors. You said that they're scratched, but are the scratches just in the finish, or are they sort of deep scratches in the wood boards themselves? No, they're not deep scratches. Just from, you know, like, uh, just everyday wear, mostly. They're in, they're in really good shape. Like, one room that's not used very much is in... I mean, excellent condition. It looks almost brand new. But the other, there's, it's just, you know, normal, everyday kind of wear. All right, so here's what you can do, Libby. You don't have to belt sand the floors, which is the way when you totally refinish them, you take all the old finish off and you grind down, you know, an eighth of an inch of material. You don't have to do that. What you can do is you could just lightly sand the upper surface of the finish and then put another layer or two of urethane over that. The best way to do that is with a floor buffer and a sanding screen. Now, you can go to a tool rental place, and you can rent a floor buffer, and then you can purchase sanding screens, which are these screens that are about uh, 18 inches in diameter. looks kind of like window screen material, but it's abrasive. And there's two sides to it, so you can use one side, flip it over, then use the other side. And you position it underneath the floor buffer, and as you use the buffer in the room, it lightly abrades the surface of the old floor. That takes out the dirt, the grime. It takes off uh, some of the old, old, any old wax, that kind of stuff. And it'll start to take out the scratches. And that kind of evens it out and cleans it up. Then you vacuum it or damp mop, get all that dust up. And then you can apply uh, two layers of urethane. Now, I'll give you a trick of the trade. The first layer should be a high gloss because the glossy urethane is, is harder than satin. So put the first layer of high gloss and and maybe even a second layer of high gloss, but your last layer could be satin. And that will give you a nice, even, soft finish and still be as hard as possible. Oh, okay. I will see if I can get someone to help me with that. <laughs> All right. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. 
Coming up this hour, fire-resistant chemicals are in everything from clothes to building materials, but there is concern about their safety. We're going to tell you how you can keep your family safe from the health risks all around us after this. The Money Pit is brought to you by Lutron's new Maestro Occupancy Sensing Switch. Never ask, who left the lights on again? Starting at around $20, this motion-sensing light switch turns the lights on automatically when you walk into a room and off when you leave and works with all types of light bulbs. Learn more at LutronSensors.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, they are in a lot of consumer products, furniture, clothing, and even electronics. We're talking about flame retardants, but just how safe are these chemicals designed to keep us safe? Well, here to talk about that is Mike Shade from Mind the Store, a campaign of saferchemicals.org. Welcome, Mike. Thanks for having me. appreciate it. So we are so accustomed to coming in contact with chemicals uh, in our daily lives, but some chemicals are more toxic or unsafe than others. What types of chemicals do we come in contact with perhaps when you're doing home renovations? Well, hazardous chemicals are commonly found in all sorts of products and particularly in building materials, uh, which could be hazards for us as consumers or homeowners and even workers. Uh, one example of a chemical of concern is a class of chemicals called phthalates, which are uh, commonly used to make vinyl, PVC plastic, soft and flexible. Uh, another example is halogenated flame retardants, chemicals that are found in building materials like carpeting, insulation, couches. And unfortunately, these chemicals are not bound to these materials and plastics. And so when we're uh, doing renovations in our home, we unfortunately could come in contact with them, uh, which could be harmful to our health or the, the health of our children or other young ones in our homes. Now, Mike, when, when we're thinking about this, because everything that you're talking about, the siding, the furnishings, the carpeting, I mean, that is all basically a solid material. So are we talking about the off-gassing? How exactly are these chemicals of concern to us? Yeah. So in the case of phthalates, phthalates are added to vinyl plastic to make it soft and flexible. Uh, But unfortunately, they're not bound to the polymer. They can uh, migrate out over time. They're they're what's called semi-volatile chemicals. And so they can get in the air, they can get in the dust, and eventually they can make their way into our bodies. Um, And so if you install, say, vinyl flooring in your home or workplace, these phthalates, um, you can be exposed to them by breathing them in, by touching the surface of the flooring. They often tend to make their way into dust, and we can be exposed to the chemicals by the dust. And we know that they're getting into our bodies. According to the Center for Disease Control, over 90% of Americans have measurable levels of phthalates in their bodies. And those uh, that have the highest levels are those of us that are most vulnerable to exposure, uh, pregnant women, infants, and young children. And over 90% of all phthalates are used to make vinyl plastic soft and flexible. Uh, thankfully, there are safer alternatives, and we don't need to use these chemicals in building materials. Well, Mike, that's my question. You know, we have so many decisions to make when we're tackling home improvement repairs and renovations. Um, how do we make the best decisions when it comes to those building materials to reduce exposure to chemicals? Yeah, well, there's a lot of great resources out there. One resource is the Healthy Building Network, which is an allied organization, and they publish 
lots and lots of information on identifying safer and healthier building materials for our homes. In the case of phthalates, uh, one way to reduce or avoid your exposure to phthalates is to use safer flooring materials like linoleum, for example, which is a bio-based material made from linseed oil, and in fact, it lasts longer than vinyl flooring. You know, I agree with you on that because um, I think that linoleum really is far more durable than vinyl. You know, vinyl seems to tear a lot easier than linoleum uh, does, and, and I remember growing up with linoleum, I'm sure many of us do. I mean, that was the flooring of choice, and then when vinyl came around, it just seemed to be much softer, and you couldn't do things like, you know, roll your refrigerator out to clean behind it because it would tear the floor. <laughs> Yeah, and it actually, it's not just the phthalates that are problematic, but the whole life cycle of the vinyl plastic itself poses hazards to workers and communities where it's manufactured. The other thing with with, uh, vinyl flooring is that some vinyl flooring manufacturers are bringing phthalate-free vinyl flooring uh, to market, uh, which doesn't contain these harmful chemicals in the flooring. So that's another option as well is to look for phthalate-free vinyl flooring and phthalate-free building materials. Mike Shade with Mind the Store. He's the campaign director for Safer Chemicals and Healthy Families. Thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Great. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. If you'd like more information on how to choose Safer Chemicals for your home and your building projects, visit their website at saferchemicals.org. That's saferchemicals.org. And if you could have sworn that that wall shelf or fence post was level, I swear, it's level. Maybe it's not. Well, we've all been there. You know, if you're wondering what went wrong, we've got info on a tool to prevent messing up yet another home improvement project when the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show continues after this. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. The number to call us at is 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Now, with young children in my home, I'm always super careful to get that water temperature just right before I even let them step one foot into the shower or tub. So Delta has just introduced a really amazing new shower head that's going to make that super easy and safe for me and any other person out there who's always curious about what that water temperature is. It's the new Delta shower head with Temp2O technology, and it's a product available exclusively at the Home Depot, and we've got one to give away. That's right. This definitely takes the guesswork out before you get in. The Temp2O LED digital temperature display is water-powered, and it shows the temperature of the water in your shower. Now, there are three color indicators to signal different temperature ranges for an easy visual indication of the water temperature. This way you can enjoy the convenience of knowing when the temperature is right for you and the peace of mind that the water temperature is safe for your family. We're going to send out that new Delta showerhead with Temp2O technology to one lucky Money Pit caller. So pick up the phone, give us a call with your home improvement question. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT-888-666-3974. Robert in Alaska is on the line with a crawl space situation. Tell us what's going on. Basically, what I got going on is we had a lot of rain this summer, so I had uh, water uh, kind of penetrate the uh, foundation, and I was wondering if there's anything I could do from the inside to maybe stop some of that penetration from coming in and getting on the wood that's uh, holding up, the, I guess, the, the, the floor. Yeah, absolutely. Now, are you talking about concrete block walls? Yes. 
Okay, so a couple of things. First of all, we want to make sure that you are doing what you can to slow the collection of water from outside moving inside. So that means looking at your gutter system, making sure you have gutters and that they're diverting water away from the house, not just a couple of feet from the foundation, but well away. And make sure that the angle of the soil around the foundation slopes away, and that will do a lot to move the water away from that backfill zone. Inside the crawl space, you can add a vapor barrier to the soil, and that will stop moisture from evaporating up. And on the blocks themselves, you can apply a product called Ames Blue Max, which is a rubber paint. It's very stretchable, and it adheres really well. And when you apply it to the block, it stops any moisture from coming through the block. Ames is spelled A-M-E-S. And the product's called Blue Max. You can uh, search for it uh, online. Their website is amesresearch.com. Okay, good deal. Yeah, I've got a company coming in to... Uh I guess dig the outside of the foundation and lay some uh, some drainage uh, this this spring, this coming spring. So okay, well let me stop you right there, okay? Because that's not likely going to help you, and it's not necessary. Oh, okay. If that moisture is consistent with rainfall, in other words, you get a lot of rain, like you mentioned, and then you get leakage. Uh huh. Then putting all those drainage pipes and disturbing all that soil is really not the way to go. If you improve your gutter system and you improve the grading, the angle of the soil around the foundation perimeter, okay. that stops the majority of that surface water from getting in. The only time we recommend drainage systems like what you're describing is when you have a rising water table, which if you did, you wouldn't be getting leakage that's consistent with rainfall. Ah, okay. Well, good. That, that's important to know then. Yep. So there you go. Saved you a bunch of money. Oh, yes, you did. You got it, Robert. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Well, do you ever look at your hanging shelves or wall art and feel annoyed by that ever so slight tilt? Well, we've all been there. You know, you use a level to hang something. You think it's spot on. And of course, it's only after you make that cut or drill the hole that you realize that it isn't. Yeah, it's frustrating when that happens with decor, but it can also be dangerous on a job site. You know, with all the new technology out there, levels are still often incorrect or just really cumbersome to use, even for experienced pros, which is ironic considering how crucial they are. Well, one of our sponsors is putting an end to the uncertainty and clunkiness. Stanley has the Fat Max premium box beam levels, and they're available in seven different lengths from 24 inches to 96 inches and come with a variety of features that make measuring easier and much more accurate. And they've got some cool features, one of which that I like are the removable end caps. Now, the ends of the Stanley Fat Max levels are capped. This protects against cutting yourself or scratching a surface with the sharp corners, but that end cap comes off when you want it to, so you're no longer sacrificing safety for accuracy or vice versa. And there's not one, but three vials. The center vial is magnified so you can actually see it better. And all three vials are extra brightly lit. So no more trying to balance a flashlight with a level when you work. And most importantly, the Fat Max premium box beam levels are accurate. You know, try this. Have you ever stacked a bunch of levels and noticed that they all display different reads? That won't happen here. The vials promise calibration and accuracy within 0.0005 inches. That's accurate. Visit stanleytools.com to learn more about the Fat Max premium box beam levels and the entire line of Fat Max products. Sean in Ohio is on the line and needs some help with a moist basement. Tell us what's going on. Uh, yes, uh, my basement, I finally got the outside fixed. I heard you guys say if it's a rain event, it's usually uh, drainage. So I got that done. And Oh, great. And now there, there's like some kind of ceramic or uh, waterproofing on the walls, and it's flaking off onto the floor. And it's been there. The house was built in the 70s, and I was wondering a good way to 
clean that up while I could put on the walls to rewaterproof it. Okay, so I think what you're talking about are mineral salt deposit. It's sort of like a whitish, grayish, uh, powdery substance? Yeah, yeah, this is like it's been spackled on, though. Oh, so somebody put something on the walls and it's releasing and falling off the block. Right. Hmm. Okay. What do you plan to do with these walls? I just want to just waterproof them again, get the mold off of them and clean them up. So I don't know that you have mold on the walls. It sounds to me like you've got some sort of a finish that's separating. So can you scrape it off? Will it will it, it will it release easily? Yeah, yeah. I just don't know. Being in the 70s, where might have asbestos in it, or is there a good better way to clean it up? I would say not likely. Of course, you could have that tested too. But if it's coming off easily, I would remove it. And if I put anything on the walls at all, it would simply be a damp proofing material like a Thompson's water seal. And remember, the purpose of that is not to waterproof your walls. It's to slow down the evaporation of moisture from the soil outside into the walls and any mineral salts that will be drawn through because of that. You're not going to waterproof simply by painting your walls. It just doesn't happen that way. You waterproof by redirecting the water away from the house, which it sounds like you've already tackled on the outside. Yeah, it took me about 15 years, but I finally got it done. Yeah, if it scrapes off easily, I would continue to take the rest of it off. I'd clean it up. I'd put a couple of coats of damp-proofing paint on it, and, uh, and I'd call it a day. Oh, okay. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. You know, people tend to think sometimes that everything that's black and dark is moldy, and it's not always the case, especially when you're talking about concrete block walls. The walls themselves don't grow mold. It's what's attached to them that grows the mold. And those home uh, test kits are notoriously inaccurate, and they can be misleading. Well, there's so many different kinds. I think you're you're bound to get some sort of reading. And it's normal to have mold in a house. You're always going to have some level of mold. So it's, 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 it's very misleading and really should only be used in the hands of a professional. Well, skylights are sometimes like the tattoos of home improvement. Many homeowners get them, and then they want them gone a few years later. Are you ready to say goodbye to your skylights? Well, don't make a move till we tell you where to start after this. You live in a body pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Lutron's new Maestro Occupancy Sensing Switch. Never ask, who left the lights on again? Starting at around $20, this motion-sensing light switch turns the lights on automatically when you walk into a room and off when you leave and works with all types of light bulbs. Learn more at LutronSensors.com. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. So many home improvement projects, so little time to listen. You can visit MoneyPit.com and sign up then for our free e-newsletter. You'll get great tips and ideas in every issue. And you'll also have direct access to our podcast, so you can listen to the Money Pit whenever you want. And best of all, it's free. And don't worry, we don't share email addresses with anyone. (laughs) Well, just each other. So we can email you all the time and answer your questions. Questions because sometimes you post a question, and this one says, My house has skylights, seven of them that constantly leak. Zoiks. The added light isn't necessary, so we'd like to get rid of them, but I have no idea where to start. Do I do it myself? Hire a pro? What are my steps? Well, removing a skylight is actually a lot of work, and what you'd have to do is remove the roof around the skylight, tear out the old skylight. 
and then you'd have to reframe the roof, re-roof that spot. It's just, it's a lot of work. You might want to think about just upgrading those skylights, keeping them and putting in new ones, hopefully that are the same size as the holes that you took out. Because frankly, if you consider the fact that if you were to tear those out, and you had to resheathe the roof. Then you had to close in the ceiling and do all that drywall work. I bet you it would be as expensive, if not more expensive, than simply replacing the skylights that are there and uh, just sort of trimming around the existing opening. Um, what I would suggest is make sure that you select this time a very good quality skylight, like, for example, an Anderson skylight or a Pella skylight. Uh, these skylights have curved flashing. They sit up off the roof. They are virtually leak-free. I've had them for many years and never, ever had a leak issue. They're usually the type of skylights that leak are the ones that are flush with the roof. That's a really bad idea. You need to have a curved skylight with built-in flashing. All right. And Laura writes, we're planning to gut our ranch, and we're wondering which walls are the load-bearing walls. Yeah, that's an important question question because you don't want to mess with those and something good house can come tumbling down well generally if it's a ranch there's only one load-bearing wall and it's parallel to the front and the back walls and runs down the middle of the house but having said that you really can't rely on that without having a contractor check it so i would presume from a design perspective that's what you're working with but before you decide to tearing that out get a contractor to confirm it yellow yeah, or better you play it safe otherwise you're going to be in a pile of rubble well, when you run your dishwasher, do the dishes come out dirtier than when they went in? The culprit could be a clogged drain valve, and that's easy to fix. Leslie has advice on how to do just that in this week's edition of Leslie's Last Word, presented by BlindsGalore.com. Well, dishwasher drain valves should only open during the draining cycle. But if it's clogged, it's going to also let water out during its wash cycle. So you've got to listen carefully during your dishwasher's washing cycle. If you hear water flowing into the sink, the drain valve is definitely clogged. Also, you should be checking the bottom of your dishwasher for a buildup of food particles. Many dishwashers have ball-style check valves that can get gummed up and then prevent the dirty water from draining out of the unit. A wet-dry vac is all you're going to need to clean out those hard-to-reach areas and get that drain working again. Bottom line, this isn't hard. With just a couple of steps, your clogs will be fixed and your dishes are going to come clean once again. Yeah, and no need to call in a plumber. And today's edition of Leslie's Last Word was presented by BlindsGalore.com for free samples, free shipping, free window expertise, and truly amazing prices. Go to BlindsGalore.com. And how about this? The first 25 listeners who select Money Pit at checkout will get a free copy of our book, My Home, My Money Pit, your guide to every home improvement adventure. So head on over to BlindsGalore.com today. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next time on the program, do you plan to stay in your house for years to come or maybe just want to make it a little bit easier to navigate right now? Well, we've got tips on accessible design that can do just that. We'll have that info on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.